the virtual summit, the Core presents Sales Training Bootcamp with Jim Reed and Bill Puma. Today's topic, become a master closer. Hello, everybody. Wave to me if you can hear me. All right. Hi. It's Jim Reed with the Core, uh, and I'm on here with Phil Puma, superstar realtor. Everybody clap for my buddy Phil. Yay. Okay. Cool. So I got, I want to, uh, I want to talk, start by just telling you what our class is and what we want you to get out of it. Okay. So this class is a closing skills class. It's a, it's a class to teach you, um, closing skills. And the, the big thing that Phil and I talked about before the class that we agreed we wanted you guys to get out of this class. So this is, you know, write it down. This is what I want you to get out of the class is realize that closing is the sales process. Closing is, is not just one piece. You can't treat it that way. Closing is the sales process, okay? It's the sales process. So the sales process is four steps, and you should all know them by heart, especially you, Woodburn. <laughs> all right, I got a smile. Yay. I don't like it that we don't get to talk and interact. Don't like it. So I'm going to try and do Q&A as we go. If you're okay with that, raise your hand. Okay, you might get yelled at. I might get yelled at, but it'll still be okay. So we're going to try to do Q&A as we go. Uh, I'll work on that in a second with you. But the four, the, the, what we want you to get out of this is the sales process um, and specifically the four steps. Number one is someone mouth Initial contact. There you go. Number one, <laughs> write it down, initial contact, and leave some room to take some notes. Initial contact. Number two is uh, build rapport. Number three is close. And number four is follow-up. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. When we're live, this works a lot better. So I'm going to, I'm going to try it because I can only see some of you. So I'm going to ask you to uh, circle or put a star next to one of those four steps that you, that you think you're best at, that you are very, very best at, okay? Which one you think you're best at? And then maybe put an underline on the one you think maybe you're worst at. Okay, so I would bet, uh, raise your hand, okay, real quick, raise your hand if you said that you're best at building rapport. Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, they all go up. Look at all the hands go up. Yeah, you guys are liars. You guys are full of it. Now, check it out. If you were really good, if you thought you were really good at build, building rapport, what would you spend more time doing in this list of four things? Robbie, what would you spend more time doing? If you were the best at building rapport and you knew it and you had all kinds of confidence and you knew whoever you got in front of, you got them, what would you spend more time doing? No, you can't unmute him. He was going to say initial contact. I promise. That's what he was going to say. But <laughs> he can unmute himself. But you guys don't do it. So I'm telling you, you suck at rapport. That's what I think. I think that you guys get referred clients that get referred to you and already are going to use you, right? Be referred by a borrower, referred by a realtor, and they're already going to use you. So you think you're really good at building rapport. And I think that the secret to being a good closer is what? Building rapport. That's what I think. That's what closing really, really is. And so understanding the sales process is what we want you to get out of it. We're going to go through those four steps. Um, 
Right now, I want to introduce my co-teacher, my, my buddy, uh, Phil Puma. Phil has been in the Corps um, for about five years, I believe, maybe seven. Seven, seven, seven. now. Yeah. Seven. And uh, became a coach really quick, became a friend of Rick's really quick. And at first, I was like, who is this guy? And then as I've gotten to know him, I'm telling you, spend more time around this guy. There's three things that you need to learn from him. Number one is he just keeps going. He does never give up. He just keeps going, and he doesn't have excuses. So he just keeps going. Number two is he's constantly working on his skills. He's constantly working on his skills. He's constantly asking Rick questions. So he's constantly working on a growth mindset. And number three, he's just a really good family man, and I admire that. He really cares about his his wife and his family, and, his, and he puts them first in his life, and I just respect that a lot. So, um, Phil, give us a, tell us a little bit about you, um, and then we'll get back to the four parts of the sale. Awesome. Thanks, Jimmy. It's an honor to be up here uh, teaching this class with you. I mean, it's, it's all, you've been one of those coaches that from day one that I looked up to and really teaching this class, I believe you're a master closer. I am still an amateur. And like you said, I'm always up in the learn. I've learned as we were actually working on this class and I'm going to learn today. So we always have to be fine tuning our skills and I love to be able to fine tune in with you. So uh, like I told you, I mean, every class you've taught when we were doing this, I'm like, I know you're going to, we're going to get a five because I, you're one of my favorite speakers. So I just figured we would. So an honor to be here. So for me, I'm actually going to start with one of my stories and some of you guys probably haven't even heard this. So my first sales job, um, I started selling in college and I was selling advertisement in the college handbook, right? So all the local businesses could advertise in it. And really the sales process, I didn't go through the steps, and really, we want you guys to take away the steps. I didn't have any sales training, so I just skipped right to the close. I did initial contact because I was going out and visiting businesses, and I busted my butt. Like Jimmy said, I'm just a tough worker, hard worker, and I went out to a ton of businesses. But I skipped the building rapport, which I am really good at and I enjoy, but I skipped it. I just went, and I just went with a very open-ended close, which isn't a close. And I'm like, do you want to advertise in the student guide? I left it open for them to say no, didn't have anything else to do, so I just walked out of the business, right? Um, to the point where I had a guy screaming at me, telling me to get the hell out of his business, and no. So you leave it really open-ended, um, and I didn't take the steps along the process, right? But I just learned that I really enjoy, I liked people, so, you know, I'd sit down there with the bar owners and have a drink, learn more about them. And was building rapport to be able to get to that next level. But what I really learned, the reason why they said no and they were so mad at me is because it was summertime and all the students were home and they had no business and they were frustrated that they had no business. So I had to use that to my ability. So really asking them more questions. Once I built rapport, I knew to ask them, hey, how is business right now? And they're like, not good. Students aren't here. They're not coming in our doors. So to me, once I learned that I had to build rapport and ask more questions, um, then I could lead to the close, right? So I would just ask them, how's business? I knew they were going to say sucks because none of the students are here. I'm like, oh, great. Our students are going to be in here in two months. They're going to get this student guide. Every one of them is going to get this student guide. I used to love the. I still use the assumption and the option close. And I would just say, do you want to keep your ad the same as last year? Most of our clients are repeating. Do you want to keep it the same or do you want to change it this year? And I would get the deal done because I had a close. It was my assumption with an option close, but I built rapport along the way and got to learn a little bit more about their businesses and didn't just go in there. I went back to the guy who screamed at me and told me to get the hell out of his business. 
Um, and once I asked him questions about a business, built some rapport, he didn't scream at me. He actually signed up, all right? So building rapport and taking these these processes throughout our steps that we're going to teach you is a game changer. It's a game changer. I learned by doing that. I implemented it. I was in the mortgage business first, and then I switched over here into the real estate side. I, 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 came, I, came, I got out of the dark side, and now I'm on the real estate Oops, side. you messed that up, bro. <laughs> hey, when you when you had no skills in, in in sales and you still were somewhat successful, how did you overcome your lack of skills? So wh- the way I overcame it, and I just I just started talking to some of the business owners, right? I would just oh, you go called on a lot of people. I'm sorry, I called on a lot of people too. You That's just right. called on a lot of people. <laughs> he sucked so bad, but he could still do it because he called on so many people. He worked. Yeah, so I got hard. a lot of no's too, but I called on a lot of people. I think that's a, that's a lot of us. I think a lot of us are super lucky to be in the business. And I think that the way we made it in the beginning is we just weren't willing to give up. And now we're all together on this call and we're working on our skills to get better and better. Um, and that's why I got to have this interactive part where I kind of freak out. So the questions are going to be asked in the chat. So if you have them, when we go through the segments, I want you to type in the questions. And then I'm going to call on Kat at some point and have her try to read some of them and we'll see how it works. If it doesn't work, then I'll save them all to the end. Is everybody okay with that? Cool. Okay, so in a minute, I'm going to have Phil share with us his two best tactics right now for initial contact. So when we do that, if you're a lender, you should be writing those down to share them with your realtors. If you're a realtor, you should definitely copy them to build your business. And Phil, you should be a loan rep and move to California. (laughs) All right, Um, so initial contact is so important, and I know we're somewhat restricted, obviously, with covid I mean, I want to be in front of people. I love people, but I can't get in front of them that much for that initial contact. Yes, the normal phone call for initial contact, right? So I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about some other things that I'm adding for initial contact to help increase my sales. Number one, I'm using more videos, right? So as soon as someone comes on as a lead, they get a video from my team, all right, from me. It's from me. Um, it's a generic video, and we have testimonials at the end. So I think it's huge to get videos, but also have client testimonials that are helping you sell. We're, and then initial contact, we're having some of our previous clients have testimonials saying great things about us and just not us saying great things about ourselves, right? Number two, I'm using more Zoom meetings for listing appointments and buyer consultations. We have a lot of people moving to our area. So if you have anyone move into the Charlotte area, please refer them my way. I'll take great care of them. But um, what we do is we will do a video consultation, buyer consultation, instead of waiting to when they come in person. So we'll do that buyer consultation on Zoom. And we just go through our PowerPoint presentation on Zoom. Some listings that they can't meet with us schedule wise. And instead of me driving 30 minutes to their house at six o'clock at night, we just do them on Zoom. So I've been doing Zoom meetings and videos using more video and more Zoom. So uh, is it OK if I ask you a couple of questions about you can like if I'm a realtor, um, like what's one one or two things that you're doing to generate leads right now? Like, are you having more success calling the database or are you? Uh, like, are you doing any leveraged events to invite, like, I don't know, move up seminars or what are you doing to create initial contact with people who want to buy a house or sell a house? Cause those tactics are cool. Um, are the, on the videos, are you asking them for CCRs or what's, what are you doing to generate more leads right now? Yeah, Cause sure. I don't know, I don't know if it's the same everywhere guys, but if you're in California and you're a realtor, it has slowed down. Like 
The realtors are looking at me like little guppies with their mouth open, kind of panicking. I know it's not happening in your market yet, but it's happening in my market a little bit. Cool. So we do, we, most of my business is from previous clients coming back, referring us out, PCRs, CCRs. So they get a video um, weekly. So I do a market update video, but then I'm also doing fun things. So right now, um, I do a fantasy uh, pick them. So every week they pick every game. Um, and then we announce the winner, um, and then we give money to their charity, right? So just finding ways to engage them, and then in that same video, hey, we're here to take great care of your people. We're talking to them too, but sending out videos on real estate, and then fun, fun videos. We're doing a Thanksgiving pie pickup, so even though COVID, they can stop in. We got our masks on. They're coming here. We did a, a ice cream social. We had an ice cream truck in the parking lot. They could just drive through, get their ice cream, and go on their way. But, again, we were able to still see them. We can't do our big events. We usually have a big fall festival. Can't do that. So we're trying to do different things. Um, we're obviously doing – we did a magician on Zoom for a lot of our previous clients. Their what? kids got involved. So we did magician. I did um, – Hold on, dude. Hold on, bro. We elevated our financial planners and did kind of a state of the stock market and had them come on there for our clients or giving them other financial advice. So just finding ways to connect with them through Zoom, through video, and through things that aren't big happy hours. I like big happy hours. You know, Jimmy, I like that big event and I'm going crazy that we're not in person and I can't do my big events. Well, you stop. So I want to see if you guys have some questions for them because that was like, that was worth the class. Like, a lot of you guys do client parties, and you're not doing them because of COVID, right? He gave you three that you could do for all your past clients. He's sending videos to his past clients to give them information and fun stuff, and that's how he's cultivating them for PCRs and PCs, and he's doing leveraged events with his past clients. He's doing client appreciation parties, and I don't know how to do them, so I just picked up two great ideas. So, Kat, if you could read through the chat, see if there's any questions for him. If there's not, we'll keep moving. I'll give, yes. you one more. I'll give you one more we just did. Too. Okay, one more. We, we just did a, um, a pumpkin contest, pumpkin carving. So we had a bunch of people like tag us on social media, and we gave away money. We actually just gave $200 to the winner, 100 second, 50 to third. So got them engaged. Again, another video that I could send out, got them invas- and, uh, engaged in social media. So just finding ways to keep in contact with them. Sorry, nice. I forgot. Questions, Kat? Yes, Phil, they would like to know how you're doing videos with your current clients right now. So the videos sending out or? The the testimonial videos, sorry. So I I have a bunch of testimonials that we've saved and we put together. So I'm not getting many testimonial videos because we, a lot of our attorneys aren't allowing us to go to closing. We're really not doing any current testimonial videos. So the previous testimonial videos that I've had from previous clients. So they're just kind of a library of ones that we have. So you send a video out to everybody who's a new lead for you. That's an introduction to you and your team. And at the end, it has a testimonial from one of your previous clients. Is that right? As soon as they go on our website, it automatically sent out to them. Awesome. Cool. More questions, Kat? Yes. Billy Campbell would like to know if you could give him some ideas of your weekly gains and um, if you could throw in what you give them, sure. like prizes. Yeah. So they just pick every game in, uh, in the NFL and – Whoever gets the most, um, we donate to their charity. I just do 100 bucks to their charity, and then I announce it, who won, um, and then tell them what charity we're giving money to. Wow. Hold on. So you do a football pool for all your past clients, and then if they win, then you donate money to their charity. Yep. They get to pick the charity, so they, they love, love hearing their name, um, love hearing that you know money's going to charity. People are like, oh, that's so great. You're giving back. Um, I usually do a March Madness one, but 
obviously that didn't happen. So nice. Last question for him, and I want to keep moving. Yes, the stock market state of the stock market. Do you do that on Zoom or Facebook? I did that on Zoom. I did that on Zoom. You had, a, you had a, uh, a past client class on Zoom for people to come and ask questions about the stock market? Yeah, and I, I had my financial planners there. I had three financial planners, so I got three perspectives. I, they were all cool with three of them being on there. Nice. So, I mean, I, I elevated my business partners, too, so I gave them access to my clients, and then I elevated my clients because, again, there were so many questions about what's going on. So, guys, you're loan officers, and if you're like me, you're, you're supposed to get six new realtors by the end of the year. Who had that as assignment? So it's like, dude, it's COVID. Some aren't working. Some are lazy. I just got eight ideas. When they, whenever I meet with them, what do they ask me? Or it always, what, what, what inevitable that comes up? What should I be doing to get leads? Or how do I get leads during COVID? Or how do I do open houses with COVID? Or how do I do a client party? I don't know what to do. Every time I meet with a realtor, that conversation comes up. So I got like seven things. Uh, the football pool is really cool. Teach your realtor. I think, I think the game that I've always been taught to play in initial contact is be highly active and highly visible. But lately, I have not been. Am I the only one? Raise your hand if you have not been highly active and highly visible. I've been too lazy, doing too many refis. I haven't figured out a solution for my client parties. I haven't figured out a solution to see more realtors the way I want to. Uh, so that was really good. Um, I want to tell you a couple things I'm doing for initial contact right now with realtors, <clears throat> just to give you some some stuff to work on. You're going to get the one-page business plan for realtors at this event from Rick, the one-page business plan for realtors. So I'm doing – I do one-on-one or one-on-three business planning for my realtors by either – I'll meet them if they want to, but most of the time we're doing them by blue jeans or Zoom. And they leave the class with a written plan. So I'm calling them. I'm letting them know I just got I got this from the, the core. I'm letting them know I want to do their business plan with them. And I tell them, hey, professionals do their business planning in October and November. You do know that, right, guys? They don't do it in January. It's too late. Builders do their business planning in October because November and December are super short months, and they go by super fast, and you got to hit the ground running in January. So that's exactly what I say to them to get the meeting. So I call all my guys. And I say, I want to do a business planning with you, and I want you to bring at least two other realtors from your office to it. Can you do that for me? So I can take my 20 or 30 relationships and meet 60 more. It's a simple tactic, and you'll be on video with them. That works for sure. There's only three ways to get new realtors. Do not ever forget it. You can cold call them. You can get introduced to them by someone you already know. Or you can dominate them on a, on a deal and get them on a list, uh, uh, Tuesday updates. So the last thing I'm doing that I haven't done in a long time is a post-closing survey on all my purchases. Right after it closes, I call the listing agent and do a post-closing survey. So it has three steps. The first step is, hey, it's Jim, and we just closed this deal for you on 123 Maple Street, and I do a post-closing survey with both agents on every deal to see how it went and see what we could do better. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, is it okay if I ask them? And they're like, uh, sure. I'm like, so did you, did you get uh, weekly updates? Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you, do you feel like you closed on time? Uh, yeah. Was it smooth? Uh, yeah. Say, so, great. Listen, I, uh, I actually called you today first because my team this morning told me I had to. Rebecca and Samantha loved working with you. We go over all the deals each month. They told me you had to be my first call. They really want to work with you and they want to meet you. So I know it's weird in COVID. 
So for what I'm doing for agents that we want to meet and work with is we're doing a virtual tour by Blue Jeans where you get to know us in the office and we set up a call and we do a virtual tour to our branch on Blue Jeans. Now, if they show up, will I get them? Yes. Receptionist sits in front of them, tells them what she does for realtors. Loan partner one sits in front of them, tells them what she does for realtors. Loan partner two tells them what he does for realtors. And I meet with them and it's over. Because they want to be around that structure. So that's what I'm doing to get more business and more and introduced to more realtors to get my assignment done. But also I think it's the key for next year. So questions on that? Okay. We don't have any questions right now. Okay. Well, one thing Jim touched on, though, and I know he had said, you know, he seems like he's busy and doesn't have a lot of time. I'm telling you right now, with the use of videos, we're saving so much time. Like this stuff that you guys can teach your realtors and the things we can do for our previous clients, like – Zoom, you don't have to drive anywhere, right? You don't have to prepare anything. It's just right there. I mean, time crunch, you can fit it in. And it's leverage. We're, we're, Jim's talking about adding more realtors to this. You can add as many as you can. It's a huge leveraged event, right? Instead of just talking to one person, like when we look at the value of our time, we can do a leveraged event and do initial contact with 20, 30 realtors compared to just one. I love the virtual office, but if we can meet with more at one time, I think that's awesome. Cool. Got some questions now, Jim? All right. Casey wants to know if you could give an example of the tour. Uh, like right now, verbally, Casey? <laughs> or send it to me and I'll give it to him. I mean, it's not recorded. I have a, I have an itinerary that you can get from Rebecca, so we do do an itinerary. And, uh, and basically what it is, guys, is each position, before I go to them and I tell them what their three jobs are, I make sure they know them and it's written down. They take the piece of paper into the meeting. And it's all about what that position that person does for realtors. It's not about what they do at the company, right, and how they're measured on how many loans they turn in or whatever. It's what they do for realtors because that's all the realtor cares about. I learned that by raising teenagers. You know what the teenager cares about, right? Himself, period. That's it. Nothing else on the planet, just how it affects him and does he get what he wants, and that's it. I think realtors are the same. So uh, we just put them in front of them and say, here's what I do for realtors. When your clients come in during non-COVID, I greet them and I hand them an all about you form that we share with you to give you more information about them and how to stay in touch with them. I offer them something to eat and drink. So while they're waiting, they're comfortable. Uh, and then uh, the last thing I do is I help realtors with their database marketing. So we have a program where we get to copy some of the marketing from realtor events, and I'm allowed to give that to you and help you facilitate mailing that out. And the realtors all, what? Do you do that? Did you do that tour in person when it's not COVID? Did you just yes. switch it up? Okay, because of COVID. Okay, I do it in person. Uh, I do it for loan officer recruits and for realtors. Cool. Jim, are you able to get any realtors to come to the office right now? I've had one come. Okay. You know, like uh, in our in our area, the outlying areas are pretty low low level affected by COVID, and they're kind of Republican. They don't really want to wear a mask. Those guys will come. The city people, they don't really want to come. Seems like that's what seems like it happens. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I don't know what to tell you. That's just the way it is. Uh, last question. Bill, in your market, what type of business partners have been the most productive to build relationships with? Yeah, for, for me, um, builders is number one. Um, financial planners is number two. Those are my two biggest ones. Really? Awesome. Thank you. Accountants, number three.
All right, so building rapport. Uh, I want to work on that next. Um, so uh, I'm, going to t- I'm going to teach you guys what I think about building rapport, and then uh, Phil's going to do his needs analysis uh, that he does with his clients. So, um, so rapport is rapport. When I think of rapport, I think of a few a few ideas that I have to do every time. The first thing I have to do is qualify them, right? So during the conversation, I got to qualify them. I got to identify them, right? And then I have to become them. That's what I think about. I got to qualify them. I got to identify them, and I got to become them. So I qualify them pretty easy. I ask Phil. Phil. How long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate 13 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, so then I, w- I qualify. How many, uh, what's the most units or families you've helped in one year ever? 335. Is that all you? That's me and the team. I probably do 70% of that. You do over 200 units yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys just see how I qualified them even further than just the 300 number? Yeah. Because you know you all going out and calling on them big teams, and there's some big shot running this big team, but you know that guy don't influence the lender at all. You all know that, right? Them realtors use whoever they want. The, 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 broke, the, the big shot thinks he tells you he's got influence over them. He don't got no influence over them. I do. You, oh, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> you controlled every buyer, Phil. I know you did, but most people don't. So I got to qualify them. I got to identify them. And then I got to become them. So, um <clears throat> I'll say we just do a role play and I try to get Phil's business real quick and then I'll explain it. Is that cool? Cool. Okay. So when I go meet with a realtor, uh, first step is honor, uh, and I double, let's just do it. So Phil, thanks so much for meeting with me. It's a big deal. You took time to meet with me. I know the only reason you met with me is because you know Rick. Remind me again. How do you know Rick? I've known Rick for eight years now. He's really a great guy, great business owner, really helped me with my business. Why do you hang out with him? Um, I just like what he's all about. I like what he's all about. Really just likes to push and do more business and he's helped me with my business. So just. What else do you like about him except business? I'm sorry? What else do you like about him besides business? I'd say right now he cares about the big picture and it's not just, I guess, about business. It's like making sure that you're well-rounded with, you know, family and and great morals and not just doing business and frivolously spending money. I gotta tell you, for me, it's, it's, it's exactly the same in the exact same order with Rick. I've known him for more than 20 years. In the beginning, I just couldn't not be around him because of how crazy he was and how, how much I, I knew he'd help me with my business. But the truth is, the reason I stayed around him is because how much he's helped me as a man and with my family. And I never thought that would happen. And, it, and the more I've gotten to know him, it's amazing. When he told me I should meet with you, I knew for sure that uh, I could trust you and I want to tell you that you can trust me as well. Awesome. So when you think of, you're a big real lender in your town, a big realtor in your town, and um, and I've looked up your numbers, and you should be proud. I mean, over 300 units in your market is a lot, especially at that sales point. Uh, I did some of that Zillow searching and stuff. Your reviews are really good. You have a great reputation. Real estate's kind of weird. You can do it lots of different ways. Like in lending, you're either a referral guy or you're like a phone jockey guy doing refis. There's only really two ways. But in real estate, there's a ton. So tell me, what makes you different? What makes you special? How do you do it? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing for me is I really care about my clients. Um, I just I treat them like family. I want to make sure that they're well taken care of. Um, I want to make sure they're telling everyone about me and coming back. I mean, referrals are huge for me, but I really I want to make sure they have a great experience um, all the way through um, and just make sure they're happy. I mean, I love when people are happy with the result at the end. 
Nice. When you think, uh, well, um, so you're a referral guy and you, you really survive on doing a really good job. Yep. And then, um, how do you generate most of your business? I mean, most of my business is referral based. Um, so it's either previous clients coming back, uh, a lot of business partners. Um, how do you cultivate that? Like, uh, like that's amazing that you could have a business this long that way. Um, so how do you cultivate them to refer you? How do you promote that? Um, clients or business partners? Both. Both. So previous clients, um, number one, give them I'm an amazing experience from start to finish. And then you have to ask them for referrals, right? You have to ask them for referrals. We can't just assume they're going to come back to us. Um, we have to just make sure we're asking for referrals. And I think if we ask, we'll receive. Um, on my business partners, I'm always looking to make um, their business better and how I can help them. And if you, if I'm looking to help them, they're always turning around and helping me out. So it's kind of one hand washes the other. I take care of them. They take care of me and our businesses grow together. Nice. Amazing experience. Give first. Win, win. I said you said amazing experience like six times, which is super important to me because it's not that common. And you said give first is what I heard. Like, hey, you give first to your referral partners. Correct. Yeah. So what's one thing, uh, when you look forward into next year, what's one thing that you see coming that you want to be able to pivot and take advantage of in, our, in your market, in real estate? So one thing you said to, to pivot and... Um, like, you're, like you look forward into next year, right? Yeah. Like when the market turned last time, if someone was ahead of the game and was in contact with REO people at banks, they did really well. And if they didn't, they kind of stunk it up for a while. Yep. Look so, forward to next year. What do you see the next change in our market and how are you, what are you going to do about it? For me, I'm just looking forward to hopefully um, getting in front of more people. I'm going stir crazy. Um, I love to see people, meet with people. I want to have more events. So that's that's my goal, and hopefully I'm not restricted next year. That's really the only thing I'm looking forward to, Jim, is just seeing yeah. more people. Yeah, he told me who he was, and I'll explain it later, okay? Okay. Um, so then when you think about uh, lending, when you think about a lending partner, you know, what's uh, what's one thing that would, like, if you were working with a lender and then you fired them, what's one thing that would get you, get a lender fired if they were working with you? What's something you cannot do? Um, not taking care of my clients and not keeping us in communication. Keeping me and the client, my team, not me, my team and uh, my client um, in the loop the entire time. Cool. And what's one thing that, you, that you, a lender would need to do to earn your business? Um, to earn my business, I tell you right now, most lenders that reach out to me, Jim, are just, they have their hand out and they want, 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 and they don't really want to give. I'm looking for a mutual relationship. They're just telling me about their programs. I don't know about programs. That's what you guys do. And I'm, I want you to take great care of, put my client in the right program, but I want to grow our business together. I want to do more and I know you want to do more. So I'm looking to do that together. So check this out. There's this, uh, uh, this class I went to once in sales class I went to once and, uh, and it was about business to business relationship. And I'm really looking for a long-term business relationship. I don't really want a bunch of new ones that last a week. I want to hang out and like retire together kind of business relationships. And uh, this class, they taught me that there's kind of, there's, there's, there's some reasons why people may not do business. And it seems weird to focus on the reasons they, they may not, but I think it really tells us if we have a chance to work together. So, uh, the reason people may not do business, one is, you know, a quality match. They don't feel like there's a quality match, okay? One is bang for the buck. So they're looking for, a, you know, a win-win financially. And if, the, and if one of the people is not willing to participate, that would be a reason. Another one is a loyalty issue. In other words, there's a loyalty issue with one of them, and they just can't and are, are not willing to break. Like they've got already got their lending partner. I've already got my realtor partner, and, 
they're my best friend. It's just not going to happen. Um, and then, uh, and that's kind of the basic ones. So of those, why wouldn't we work together? Um, I mean, I, I, can you repeat those one more time for me, Jimmy? Okay, you got distracted. So one is money. Yeah. You want money and I got to be willing to pay it. Okay. Two is you're super loyal to your people and doesn't matter what I do or how much I paid, you're not really interested and you're only meeting with me because Rick's our friend. Right? And the other is well, you don't feel like there's a quality match. You don't think I can take care of your clients the way you want them taken care of. The only one I would have a problem with is quality. If you, I mean, if you if you can't do the quality, if I mean, I haven't seen it yet. So if I could see it, it's their quality. I mean, if we have a great quality match, I'm gonna be loyal. Um, and I back in the day, I was all about money, and it was wrong. Um, I had my lenders paying for crappy Zillow leads, and realized that was crap. And really, my my relationship I have with my lenders now, it's a great relationship. They take care of my clients, and we're you know we're asking for referrals together, growing our business together. And they're taking care of them. So quality, I would say, out of those. So I'm going to stop right there, and I want to just tell you what I learned during the did We've never done that before, and I just learned a bunch about it. And I knew he was a money guy earlier, so I wasn't sure if he was still a money guy. He didn't bite real big, but he also did not bite. He did bring it up. I don't know if you saw <laughs> it, but he for sure brought it up. So there's for sure room for me to earn a piece if I'm willing to pay. I'll bet you anything. Is he nodding? Yes, he's nodding. Okay. <laughs> So um, um, when, when I look at Phil, here's what I was thinking the whole time, right? The whole time I was thinking head, heart, or gut. So you should write them down, head, heart, or gut. Head, heart, or gut, right? So a head guy is a thinker. I think about this all the time when I'm talking to people. They're either, uh, they, they, think, they think a lot, they feel a lot, they make decisions with their feelings, or they go with their gut. So if you think he's a thinker, raise your hand. Nope. If you think he's a feeler, raise your hand. Nope. He's a total gut guy, and he don't care at all. He is a teenager. <laughs> he don't care at all, dude. He's a, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is the reason, the only reason he takes really good care of his clients is because he wants more clients. That's it. And so, if I, so how would I close him? I would close him two ways. I would say, listen, I, the next step, Phil, like, uh, I, I, I want to take the next step and see if, and go just a little farther in this dating process to see, you know, if there's a fit or if there's not. And honestly, I'm okay with it either way. Cause I don't want to work with people that it doesn't fit. It just doesn't last anyway. That's my takeaway close. I say it to everybody. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you. You're not that cool. I'm pretty cool. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take away close and I'm going to say the next step is I want to do a virtual tour. So. Phil, I want to do a virtual. I want you to do a virtual tour with my branch. Is it okay if my team can do that? Please, please? I would love it. Okay. Can we do a virtual tour? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to set up a virtual tour with you and your team. I'm going to get. I'll have my secretary set up an invitation, and we're going to do a virtual tour. We can do it tomorrow at ten. That'll work. Perfect. Tomorrow at 10. Rebecca, come in here. That's what I would do. Okay? Cool. Now, after the meeting, I would prepare a written proposal for him, helping him with his database and sharing some costs and doing some of the work for him. So he would see my process and my structure. He would see my surveys during that in that, that tour. He would see some video testimonials. I would show him my 4.89 rating on whatever rating system we use. And I would send him a written proposal to go over at the end of the meeting 
offering to help him with his database and spend some money on his database with him. Now, whenever I do that, I got to do a once a month meeting with him. A once a month meeting with him. It's a simple report. It says leads for the month, pre-approvals for the month, new escrows for the month, closed loans for the month, and then how much money we each spent on whatever joint marketing we're doing. And I got to do a once a month call and just review it. I'm not sticking it in his face. I'm not complaining. I'm just reviewing it. Hey, we got three leads from your team last month. We did two pre-approvals. We had one offer written, and we got one deal accepted. And I spent three grand, and I'm pissed off. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Um, so that's how that's how I do the build reports part. But I can't close him until I opened him up. So I want to see if there's any questions on that tactic or that technique. I see the chat box. I don't know if there is. Otherwise, we're going to go back to Phil. Cat. Uh, no, not right. Actually, how do you qualify how much to spend with a realtor? I think they're well, talking about time. About 210 sides on, on his own. And how much of your deals are listings versus buyers? Uh, probably say 50-50. Is it, yeah, it's, it's almost always 50-50 for people, although they'll tell you they're pretty much all listings. It's not true. It's so I figure he's got 100 buyers for me. Uh, if I got half of those, that would be four or five deals a month. Do you think if I was your primary lender, uh, uh, you could direct four or five real closings to me a month? Yep. Yeah. And if I got some of your other agents on there, could it go up to like six or eight? Yep. Has anybody ever averaged more than eight closings a month with your team as a loan officer for a year? No. Okay. Now, I already knew that number because I know I've been doing this a long time, but those guys will tell you they can give you 12 buyers a month. He says he does 300 and 150 are buyers. That's 12 buyers a month. And then the most you're going to get is four or five. So if I'm going to get four or five, I make four grand alone. That's 20 grand. I'll probably spend 1500 bucks a month with him and help him do his database. But the most part would be that I would help him do it, not the money. I want to spend a little bit of money and my resources. That's how I close realtors. Right? I did a takeaway close and I did a two option close. The next step is you could do a video or not. That's how I do it. More any other questions popped up? Yeah, how long do you partner with a realtor without enough results before you fire them? Well, I mean, it, the the person who's asking that question is not doing the uh, monthly meeting. If you do the monthly meeting, that will handle itself. Like, they're going to see it every month and the results every month, and they'll just say, hey, I'm out. I'm, it's not working. It's cool. It just, it just won't be an issue. What happens to you guys is you go pay some money for a realtor, and you expect to get the business because you paid the money, and you don't show up, and you don't, you, don't, you don't do all the things you're supposed to do, the Monday realtor calls, the Tuesday updates, the, the hanging out with them, the socializing with them, all the other things that you got to do during business. You skip it because you're paying, and then you get mad that you're paying and not getting it, and then you leave and never talk to them again. And eventually you burn every realtor in town or they burnt you. And that's your fault for being a chicken and not just having a monthly meeting to review results. It's not an accountability meeting. It's not you saying, hey, dude, I paid this much money. What are we going to do to fix this? That's not what it is. It's, hey, hey, here's what we did together. We got this many leads. We got this many pre-approvals. We, we made this many new contracts and this many escrows. We spent about this much money. What's going well? So what are we doing well? What do you like? What, what do you think we got to keep doing? What's something we can do different to improve this? And maybe he'll say, hey, let's, uh, why don't you do some sales trainings? I'll have you come in the, in the meetings for 15 minutes for a while. 
Or why don't you start showing up in person form and bringing food? Or uh, let's go, let's have everybody to my house for a big fill. What, what, can we do house dinner at your house or at mine? And I'll come with all your buyer's agents and we'll just hang out. I'll bring my son. They'll love him. Cool. Like something will come up from that meeting. That's my answer. Other questions on that? Hey, Jimmy, you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head on that with, with, with lenders not having that meeting and just spending money. I mean, I, I've had so many of them to the point where I'm like, hey, I don't, I will make the phone call back. Hey, I, it's the, the advertising that we're doing is not working. I, you know, you should probably stop. You know, we should probably cut this off. Um, but they just want to keep paying. Like, oh, let's give it another couple months. And I'm like, all right, if you want to keep doing it, um, you can keep doing it. But I think if the lender's making that accountability call, whatever whatever you have worked out together, it's going to not continue as long as it needs. That's so fair. You've got two or three lenders, right? And they're maybe two lenders, and they're paying some deal with you, right? Okay? I, I, I don't have anything. I just, I have zero paying right now. Okay, but in the past you've had that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's, I'm yeah. not picking on you. I'm trying to teach them something. Yeah. And so then oh, correct. You get, you get a, a great buyer buying a $700,000 house putting 20% down right now or even back then. Who would you give it to? Who would I give it to? At, at the best then? lender that you like the best. Correct. You wouldn't even think about the money for one second. Am I right? Correct. You'd be like, which of these lenders do I like the best that's going to close this deal? Uh, it's Jimmy. He don't give me no money. He didn't even cross my mind, right? Yep. So you guys just got to hear him say that, dude. Never even crosses their mind. You think they're thinking about it the whole time and feeling obligated? They're not thinking about it at all until you have the meeting. I agree. Oh, cool. Last question that I want to hear, Phil's uh, needs analysis. I'm excited about it. Do you do a monthly meeting with every referral partner? Uh, no, I do everybody a meeting with everybody I'm giving money to. Which is only two. Perfect. Thank you. Like my perfect business model, guys, here it is. Write it down and I'll let you go, Phil. Perfect business model for a lender. This is what you're, you're working on. You need six friends that are realtors that you close 10 deals a year with. Six friends. Like six guys like Phil in my market that are cool. We think alike. We hang out. We vote. We golf. We play basketball. We do fitness. Whatever we do, we do it together. We like each other. We like our families. And they're really good realtors. Yes, I'm telling you to dump your friends that are not realtors. Yes, I'm telling you that. <laughs> I knew friends that are realtors. Get six of them that you do 10 deals a year with. Then get six more that are acquaintances. These are the people who you don't really care for as much, but they refer you, and you have a decent business relationship, and you do five deals a year with them. So you got... 60 over here plus 30, let's call it around 100 buyer sides a, de- a year from 12 agents. Easy to manage the relationships. And then you have 400 agents that you do the Robbie Sampson sprinkler marketing, social media, email campaign, uh, invite them to big leveraged uh, training events, and they stumble across a deal here and there, and you get another 50. So now you got 150 buyers a year, plus you have a 1,000-person fa- database, and you close another 100 loans from that. So you're at 250 loans a year at four grand a loan, which is how much? One million. One million bucks for 12 good realtors and 400 ding-dongs that you sprinkle market to. It works. That's what you want to build right there. So all of this stuff, all this rapport, all this process, you're working on building that. That's something I think is achievable and easy to understand. Six friends, six acquaintances, 400 ding-dongs, and a 1,000 past clients. That will work. All right, Phil, I'm sorry. You're none of the ding-dongs. I just got a great client testimonial on there. Thanks, Karen. So there's even one in the chat. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
right, so we're going to do, you're a um, client, right? Okay. Seller, is that what we're going to do? We're going to do that role play, or what do we, we want to do a needs? Want me to go through it? Whatever or you want to do, bro. Huh? What's that? Whatever you want to do. All right. We'll role play it. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for reaching out. How did, how did you hear about us? Oh, uh, my brother used you guys. He said that if I was going to buy a house, I should call you. Awesome. Yeah, your brother was great. I know, obviously, you trust um, what we did for him and trust him, so we're going to do the same thing, take great care of you. What's the, what's the reason for the big move? Uh, you know, our house is just, uh, it's, we spend so much more time there now. We want, we just want a nicer house, like nicer backyard, and I don't really want to do all the work. I'd rather go find one that someone else did it all. Cool. When you say, when you say we, tell me a little bit about we. Who's, who's there with you, and why do you need that bigger yard? Uh, I got two boys, and they're teenagers, and I want all their friends hanging out at my house. I want them all, like, at my pool. I want them hanging out so I can listen, and they don't know I'm listening. That's what I'm really after. I want a hey, house where the kids are like, let's go to your house. I'm I'm with you, brother. I got two teenagers. We got the pool. Um, we got the yard, and they're always at my house, so I know exactly where you're coming from. So we'll take yeah. care of you guys and get you some space. And um, they're hanging out. Believe me, some of the stuff I hear, I don't want to hear, but it's it's good that it's in my yard. So I'm gonna give you the same same deal there. All right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you have to sell. You have this house. You have to sell before you buy this new house. I don't have to. Uh, I might, but I don't have to. I'll probably keep it. Cool. Have you spoken to a lender yet to see if you can qualify for that new house with keeping this one? Not yet. Awesome. Well, I got a great lender. His name is Chad Lubin. I'm going to have him reach out to you because we need to make sure we do that first to make sure our market's super tight right now. We need to make sure we're ready with the approval. So I'm going to need you to reach out with him ASAP. He's going to ask you for a ton of stuff. You need to give it to him right away so we can start moving forward, getting you that new house with the perfect backyard for you and your boys. All right. Um, so tell me really about your the new house, your uh, the, your current house. What is it that you like about your house and what is it you don't like about your house? I like that it's one story. I like that it has a three car garage. I want that or more. But I don't like the backyard and I don't and I need a pool and like a basketball court and like an outdoor living area. Cool. Well, all that stuff you like about one story, we're going to make sure we include that. I always like to know what sold you on your house so I can do the same thing when we turn around and sell yours. I can't wait to see it. Sounds like a great place. Um, and, and in qualifying for the new house, once you get that ready, we can start looking for the new one. So really the next step is for me to come and take a look at your house um, and, and see what I can get for your house. But really, we need to have your house ready to go, too. Um, so once we buy this house, we can get that on the market. Um, when can I come by and see you? Can I come uh, today at, at 5 or tomorrow at 1? Yeah, today works. Awesome. Well, I'll see you then and um, look forward to it. So what kind of clothes does Phil use? Assumptive. The next step is, it's like, hey, there's not anything to ask me if he's going to use me. He just said, hey, here's the next step. I'll be there tomorrow at 2 and get you taken care of. Assumptive clothes is the clothes you all should use. It's it's the one that is the least painful and use, it works the best for people that are just going to follow. And I think about 8 out of 10 just follow the to follow the rules. So all the rest of these clothes that we're going to work on in a minute are for the people who don't. Um, okay, Phil, what else do you got? So I, mean, I, that, I use assumption clothes there to get the appointment and in the closing. And really what I wanted everyone to take away, I think a lot of realtors, um, they ask the question of why you're moving. And someone might say a bigger house, but they don't get to the real why. And I got to the real why about Jimmy and his kids, right? So it's not like, okay, I'll find you a bigger yard. So I'm going to bring his boys up. And my experience with my teenage kids, too, right? So find out the real why. You know, it could be having a new kid. It could be parents have to come with them. So find out the why 
And then you can keep using the why as we're looking at that next home. All right. And I think most realtors, they just sometimes they have no idea what they're even looking for. Right. And they just start showing them houses. So find out the real why so that you can keep talking about that. If it's school district, talk about the school district and their kids being in that school district. So finding out the real why I think is so important with asking questions and then listening. So many realtors just talk, 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 talk and don't listen. Um, you want to go through a buyer or listing? You want to go through these closes? I think go through the closes. Where I think we're running short on time. We got like ten minutes. So I want to go through these closes, and then I want to take Q and A for the last ten minutes. Okay, guys, and I want to talk about how to use them. So during this, if you have questions, you're going to type them in the chat as we go through each one of these types of closes and talk about it and how to use them. Um, I think uh, one of the uh, just in order, the obligation close is really good with uh, like. Obligation closes work with people who need to be moved along. An obligation close is like, if I do this, will you do that? Right? It's like, it's, it's you've earned the right and the obligation close is like, have I helped you? Like with my staff, I use the obligation. The loan officers, I say, hey, have you made more money than you've ever made since you've been here? Yeah. Have I helped you save more money than you ever thought you'd save? Yeah. Can you do me a favor and just show up to the meetings? That's an obligation close, right? The Catholic Church is really good at it. The obligation close. Do you ever do? Do you use them? Do I use obligation close? I, I used one. I used one recently. So I had a client that um, was going to list his rental property and started um, asking about a discount on rates. And the obligation I used, we help him do paperwork on selling his 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 house to his daughter. So I kind of use it. I'm like, hey, dude, we did that. I didn't charge you anything. And like. So this is kind of what we have to do. We really took care of you. My team spent some time and, you know, we obviously don't adjust on stuff like this, but if you need something along the way, I'm always there for you. So I took care of you. Let's sign the paperwork. Nice. Kat, as we go through these, if you have a question, just pop up. Otherwise I'm going to keep going. Okay. Uh, next is uh, option, the two option close. So one of the things that I got to, I got to be like super frank about is what I used to do is I talked through the close. I remember Rick Ruby made fun of me one time at a class. I talked totally, just kept laughing. I wouldn't land the plane. And I gave, I used to give two people too many choices. How many choices are you allowed to give them? Two. When you give them three, they go home and don't decide. So only two. So I like to blend the assumed close and the two option close. So the next step is I'm going to get your credit card so we can order the appraisal. And then you're either going to take four, uh, 3.125 with two points or 3.75 with none. Which one do you want? So it's two options and move forward. That's how I mean. If when it comes to teaching my loan, my team members, my loan partners, how to how to get a loan, I'm telling you, assumed in two options works. What are you laughing at Robbie? How do you guys use two options, Phil? So we I use two options a lot in a counter offer, right? So instead of making the counter offer go back and forth ten different times, you know, say someone needs closing costs, say. It's this price, you know, without closing costs. If we need closing costs, that price. So, which, and I just tell them, hey, let me know if your client wants to go with option one or option two. And I don't even say counter back. Let me know what they think. Which one does your client want? Or we might use it with, we have a due diligence period here, due diligence period and the amount of money for that due diligence period. So we just give that counter offer to the agent. Most agents just will pick an option. They kind of suck at negotiating. So they'll just pick an option. Yeah, and the same with your buyers making offers, right? The one question we don't ask is, do you want to make an offer in this on this house? Don't ask that question. You'd say, hey, 
You're going to want to make one of two offers on this house. You're going to want to either offer full price and uh, and ask them to pay for these repairs or go five under and deal with those repairs yourself. Which one do you like? Correct. Two options. Now, if they don't want to make an offer, they'll say, well, I don't really like this house. Okay, we leave. But don't ask them, do you like this house? They're there, right? Yep. Bring in the puppy dog clothes. Uh, the puppy dog clothes is emotional clothes. Puppy dog clothes is about cl- closing someone on their heart or their feelings. So as a, as a realtor, when you do the two options, before you did those two options on the two ways to write the offer, a question would be something like, hey, can you see yourself living in this house? Can you see your kids playing in the backyard? Could you envision your, you cooking breakfast here? Where would the kids be? Where would you hang, what would you hang on that wall? And you got to get them to start seeing the next steps, right? That's a puppy dog close. All right. Uh, takeaway is my favorite. I think you got to have a little takeaway with realtors and with any loan officers if you're recruiting them. I think realtors and loan officers are like cats. If you chase them, they run. If you ignore them, they rub up against your leg. So I think you got to do a little bit of takeaway. I did a little bit of takeaway in with Phil because I could tell he's very impressed with his 300 units, but I'm also pretty good. So I got, I can't be like a doormat. Do not be a doormat to a referral partner. Don't do it. It will never last ever. Don't be a jackass, but don't be a doormat. And then Rick's favorite closes the lower the bar. You guys use lower the bar, Phil? Um, so I'm going to go back to takeaway. We use takeaway. Houses are flying off the market. And I'm like, if we don't make an offer, this is going to be gone by tomorrow. So, and it will be. I mean, it will be gone tomorrow um, so that they come in with a strong offer. So it will be. And we see it. And then I'll remind them the one we missed out on last week. So that's what we do takeaway. Um, lower the bar. The way I do lower the bar, it's, it's in a listing. If they're like not wanting to sign today, I said, let's sign today. If you can cancel tomorrow, I'll let you cancel. So I want to at least get it signed because I think if they put pen to paper, the chances of them canceling the next day, I'm like, hey, no obligation. I'll allow you to cancel tomorrow. Let's just get it signed up. Inc. you liked everything I said. So I, no, no obligation. Let's just sign and get it done with. And usually if they sign, they're done. For me, when I, when I'm, I do my consultations with my loan partner twos in the video consultation the whole time, and the way I close them at the end is I, I say the next step is, and I say, listen, we're going to email you an application and four pieces of paper to sign. you got to sign those so we have permission to get you pre-approved. Anybody who tells you you're pre-approved and you didn't sign anything is lying to you. So my loan partner is going to email you this stuff. I need you to sign it and send it back. No, it doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't commit you to buy a house. And it doesn't commit you to, to borrow money from me. So I've totally lowered the bar, but they sign the stuff and take the next step. The more steps they take, the more likely is they are going to get closed. And so lowering the bar is about just keeping it moving forward. Right. And I, I even use the term a lot, guys. Focusing forward, the next step is i got to get them out of where they're at. If they're stuck in their thoughts, to focusing forward. Focusing forward to get you into the house, the next step is this. That That is the one I use every single day. All right, we got a few more minutes for Q&A. I think Kat's going to come up and put the survey thing on the screen right now. What kind of scores do we like, Billy Mac? Of course, five. You're teaching. Five. If we suck, we'll take a four and a half. Other than that, we want a five. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, Robbie Sampson. Shameless. (laughs) (laughs) Five, baby. All right. We'll keep taking questions. Yeah, this is actually a good one um, for both of you. They want to know if you if you suggest a lender or realtor for your clients, and they say no, I'm already working with this person. 
how do you overcome that objection to get them to work with your preferred person? This got a, this got into a big old melee last time this came up on our realtor lender call. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> so um, I always still so what I, I always still push my lender and say I say I don't like to give them two options, but if they already have that, I say hey, you might as well get two quotes, right? And just see if you like my guy and what he can offer. So I always recommend two quotes. So you should just talk to my guy, get a quote. I know he can close. I personally used him. So on my recent deal, I would give him a shot. You're not obligated. Again, I use the lower the barcode. You're not obligated to use them, but I would recommend just talking to my guy. Yes, sir. Can I add something for you to use? Yes. Like This is what I would love for my realtors to say. Hey, when I call Jim, he'll pick up the phone, and if there's a problem, he will fix it. Yep. And if he made a mistake, he will pay. I've seen him do it. Perfect. So this guy I can influence and control a little bit. This other guy you're talking about? I have no idea what's going to happen. So you could take a chance down the street, or you could go with a sure thing like my boy, Jim Reed. Perfect. I do That's what that. I wanted to say. If you want your realtor to say that, raise your hand. So I, I do. Thank you. We want you to say that. I, I do add that. One thing I do is I'll call my lender right after that and say, hey, they're a Wells Fargo employee. He's checking out that. Or, hey, he's going with the, the builder, and the builder has an in-house lender. So I prep my lender for that call. I mean, obviously, if they're coming and they're just going to you, no need yeah. to prep. But if I already know they're somewhere else. For me, for me, when I get a buyer who comes in uh, from referred by a PCR or something and they already have a realtor, I'm like, you got to use my realtor. Like, I'm telling you, 85 or 90% of the realtors out there, they only do a few deals a year and they literally do not know what they're doing. The realtor I'll get you with will be someone that you can relate to. There'll be someone that does a ton of business in your market and knows professionally how to make a good offer, make sure you won't pay too much, and they'll make sure that you don't buy a house you shouldn't buy. Like, my agents will literally tell you not to buy a house if it's something wrong with it. And I can't say that about very many agents. So let me put you in touch with someone I've worked with for 15 years that will for sure take care of you. Like, they're like, okay. Like, I found out on my on my team, one of my loan partners was referring two agents. She used to be a realtor. I lost it. I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. That's not what we do. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so I think you got to go big on that. If you got, if you don't, like some people think as a loan officer, oh, maybe I'll meet a new realtor that way. Uh-uh, don't do that. Get that deal and take it to one of your realtors. <laughs> Any last questions? Would Jim and Phil be able to send their overcoming objections responses? They're in the book. I don't think our lists are in there. I think it's a blank, Jim. Oh. Yes, I will work on that for you. Shannon, reach out to Kat. I'm not That's a it? follower. Sorry, guys. All right, guys, give up for my boy, Phil. Have a great day. See you later. Thank Bye. You. See you guys later. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.